he knew she had her spies and didn't ask how she had gained the information. Your brother is undoubtedly dead, or he will be soon, he retorted instead, feeling a guilty flush of pleasure as the remark brought a momentary twinge of fear to his wife's small, tight mouth. The throne of Clan Dergar could only be won through a series of deadly duels, and they both knew the odds of a candidate's survival were slim. Her features twisted, and he saw he had provoked her into a rage. Wildly, she looked around, and Baker quickly snatched up her decanter of wine, depriving her of the only ready weapon. And at the same time, he felt his own rage erupt. He raised the bottle, ready to throw, and then slowly the emotion faded. Though still burning beneath the power of his self-control, it was no longer a lethal force. Why don't you go to your brother now, he growled. Leave me, leave the city of the Hylar, and return to the darkness. In a heartbeat, my lord Thane, she mocked. But for the fact that here I have made my life, and here lives my son. The last words broke his shell to pieces, and left Baker drained and numb, with no spirit for war with his wife. He turned toward his own dressing chamber, anxious for nothing now but to put distance between himself and his enemy. He decided to go down to the Thane's atrium even before he had to. The helm was forgotten as he collected his royal stamp, donned his robe, and departed his house. Partly to avoid his wife, and partly because he needed a touch of serenity, he left through the side door into the garden. Here he took time to relish the cool, damp air, the mist swirling along the ceiling that domed up to fifteen feet overhead. As always, the soothing presence of his dark-bred ferns and the clumps of round mushrooms cooled his agitation and steadied his nerves. The centerpiece of his garden was the fountain that surged gently upward, trickling steadily under natural pressure, waters gathering in a bowl to spill through fluted spouts across a variety of small pools. They were not just any waters, for this was a fountain of phosphorescence clear liquid that possessed a soft innate brightness the streams ran from pool to pool like pathways of pale lights creating a glowing spiderweb on the floor of the wide garden chamber by the time he passed through the gate from the garden onto the street he was in fairly high spirits the lift station was quite a few blocks away and as he walked he met and greeted many hylar on the uncrowded streets Yet he moved without a bodyguard or an escort of any kind. Mountain dwarves at peace were an unpretentious people. But were they, in fact, at peace? He allowed his worries to intrude into his thoughts, wondering about his cousin, Glade Hornfell Keitel. How fared the true Thane and his mighty army? Had they encountered the enemy they had marched forth to face? And when would they be back? These questions bothered him as he rode the smooth mechanism down, the shaft bored through the bedrock of the life tree. As if in answer to his silent fears, at the level ten lift station he met a messenger, a young dwarf on his way from the Thane's atrium to Baker's residence far above. My lord, there is a missive from Thane Hornfell. He sent a courier on Dragonback, and he arrived in the life tree but this past hour.